Yeah, I think you should do it, McKenna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hold on really quick, just for canon's sake i looked it up it's are you ready to die there now we won't get any angry youtube comments hexen tube won't come after us <laughs> greetings mortal are you ready to die it's flashback 64 yeah there you go. <laughs> clean hello and welcome everyone to another episode of flashback 64 the chronological Nintendo 64 podcast. I'm Gooey, joined as always by McKenna. Hello. How you doing? Good. Good. I'm excited today. Uh, we have two returning guests um, joining us just from last episode. Uh, we welcome back Andrew Elmore. Hello. Going, or heck. Hexlo? Hex. <laughs> I was like, okay, how do you turn hell a... into heck and then hello? And that's not that's not anything. Mm, okay. I guess it's a good gymnastics. start. Yeah, I, <laughs> English language is putting 13 cra- volumes of crap in a one volume can right there. Uh, and we are also joined by a returning guest, Idolism J. What's up? How's it going? Go What's on. up? Going. I'm pretty pumped for today uh, f- for multiple reasons. One... I'm I'm just excited uh, seeing what both of you guys have posted about the games that we're talking about today and stuff. I think uh, we're going to have some, I don't know, there's a lot of good uh, information to be shared here. And I think it's making an episode that when we first saw it on paper, we were like, I don't, I don't really know what these games are. Um, but getting some people on who are like, who have some type of unique... Uh, uh, insight on these games I- I'm really pumped about. A game partially prepared. <laughs> partially prepared. <laughs> game way Ga- too some prepared. Of the game- <laughs> way too prepared and then I think Andrew you've just got some uh, uh, you have a unique perspective I think. I saw, so, I saw like that. One- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also excited because um, it'll be inter- it's interesting these games kind of fit together on the theme of the show because We've talked about Mortal Kombat on here. We've talked about Doom on here. And now we're talking about two games that are sort of not those those things, but they're similar to those things <laughs> in a similar way, almost. Like, they almost uh, are in the shadows of these other franchises um, and are almost, like, foot weird to different degrees. They're, like, almost weird footnotes in both the their related franchises or series or whatever before we actually get into the games uh we're, we're covering a lot of ground in our uh flashback segment here let's flashback we're gonna we're moving ahead from may 1st uh our two games came out on may 20th 1997 and june 27th 1997 only one game in may one game in june so far so not not a lot going on in general. N64's fire with all cylinders, baby, let's go. <laughs> As it would continue to do. That is known for decades since that this thing came out of the gates fucking hot. <laughs> Musically, let's we've got a lot of a lot of memorable stuff here. So uh Hypnotize by Notorious B.I.G. is uh at number one for three weeks, followed by 
uh, Mbop by Hanson. Oh, God. For the rest of the <laughs> weeks ever? For three. Only three. Only three. You think it could have gone the rest of the year, but it's taken down by I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans, which, you know, that was that was kind of a big uh, thing at the time. We talked about that in an earlier episode. I think, you know, we're not far from Biggie's murder and Tupac's murder the year before. So still still a hot topic for sure um yeah i mean diddy's in the news lately you know yeah i wonder why <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i haven't looked that up too much <laughs> uh yeah i was thinking i was like oh no and he i you know i'm glad we got by the part where his his other song was number one i was tired of uh hearing it honestly and i was like hopefully i don't have to talk about him too much longer you're lifting, off this, you're lifting off this rain of hits and i'm like god damn can we start the podcast about the songs <laughs> during this before we got so much more to talk about other ones in the top five we've got i want you savage garden return of the mac by mark morrison hey. say you'll be there by the spice girls the freshman by the verb pipe look into my eyes by bone thugs in harmony from the batman and robin soundtrack and Bitch by Meredith Brooks. So the verb pipe is very funny to me uh, because they did it. I'm double checking this as we speak right now. They're from Michigan. I think I've heard that. I think Specifically, uh... they're from like mid Michigan. They're like Lansing area. Um, yes. They actually never went away. <laughs> no, no, really. So like even when I was in college in Mount Pleasant, which is mid Michigan area, that's like 2008 to 2012, like the verve pipe would still show up like they'll still be having shows like every wow. so often so you've probably and heard they, the freshman no one quite knows a bit. anything other than freshman i that's the only song of theirs i know but honestly i think that's a pretty sick song to be honest yeah. okay albums we've got life after death by notorious big four weeks in a row share my world by mary j blige carrying your love with me by george Strait. got some country up there Spice, mm-hmm. Spice Girls, which is at number one for a whole a whole month. Wu Tang Forever, uh, by of course the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Uh, double LP, World Excited. Finally, the last album, and and this is the first <laughs> time I vetoed an album. We've listened to every album. Uh, the number one album was Butterfly Kisses, which was originally called by Shades of Grace <laughs> by Bob Carlyle. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yo, you know this song? Yeah, no, I. You made the right call. It it really <laughs> just that song alone really dis- it disturbed me. Um, so I was like, I think we listened to it all, and it was it was like painful, but at least it was like, okay, that was uh, uh, weird. But then yeah. track two started, and I'm like, you know what, I can't do it. We listened to that, and we listened to the the country, the country version, remix, yeah, which is version. on the album, <laughs> and it's what? it's the same song, but they add the. You know, yeah, some lap steels in there. Lap steel, yeah. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Number one movies at the time were Breakdown, starring Kurt Russell. Uh, which, oh, I want to add. Um, I was looking up. I was like, when was Austin Powers out? When is that going to be on our list? It, it lost the box office to Breakdown. So that's the power of Kurt Russell. Because I don't even know if you know um, that movie. I don't know that freaking movie. It's it's awesome. It's like a thriller. Uh, Kurt Russell's car breaks down uh, in the middle of nowhere, and there's a whole uh, uh, intrigue. What's going on? Where's my wife? Type thing. It it was sick. The Fifth Element for two weeks. Lost World, Jurassic Park 
for two weeks. Con Air, Speed 2, Cruise Control, and then finally Batman and Robin. So this is just this is blockbuster just blockbuster season. A set of movies. This is the high point of culture, I think, honestly, right here. Nineties <laughs> blockbusters um, out the wazoo. Sequels. All the sequels, yeah. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Was this not when Fincher's The Game came out? Am I hallucinating that? Was that a box office hit? I don't know. <laughs> We're about to find out. Maybe not. I, you know, turns I, out you I, can't I, just type the game release date into oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Google's, Google's AI shuts down immediately. <laughs> and, uh, I tell you what, Games Radar got their SEO on point up here with release dates oh, for. Shout out to Games God Radar. God only knows what I'm even looking at. I was really hoping uh, for Game Facts because they really helped us out this episode. Yeah, the real MVPs. Oh, okay. So the game was not until September. I got that mixed up with. Uh, I got my my podcast timeline wires across there. I'm sorry. Relationships I have that have been longer and more fruitful than my relationship with game FAQs, and I'm trying to blank. <laughs> like mom, uh, dad, brother, game FAQs. <laughs> I remember back when it was game FAQ before they had to rebrand. Whoa. The there. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Is it like Mr. Burns having a single digit telephone number? <laughs> this, this, yeah. this one goes out to all the kids that were on game FAQ, no S, and cheat CC. <laughs> I was using cheat CC back in the day. CC back in the day. Salute we, to our fallen comrades. We've used it for many games, and uh, they're they're all like the one we used for uh, this episode was. It says it was written in 1997, <laughs> and it's amazing because it, it honestly wasn't even very good, but. <laughs> It got us, it got us yeah. through. Other games that came out at this time. Uh, I, I wrote everything because I was like, well, we got Blood, MDK, Great. Shit, Static. <laughs> okay, okay, we've got so far. You can do thumbs up, thumbs down for all these. Uh, Estatica 2, okay, Harvest no Moon, Sonic Jam, <laughs> oh, okay, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Probably the Japanese release date of that, but. Most likely. Yeah, still. You know all this, and then here we are. We're we're uh, Nintendo sixty four. We're just thirsty, just cranking out the bangers. Other big events: uh, May first, Tony Blair becomes Prime Minister of the UK. Yeah, uh, you know. May eleventh, uh, IBM's Deep Blue defeats Gary Kasparov. Hey. Uh, the chess champion. <laughs> An event I actually know of. Yes, okay. We're getting into memory territory here. Uh, oh, June 2nd, Timothy McVeigh was convicted uh, due to the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. And June 13th... Can we go back set... to the part where I wasn't remembering these things now? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I was like, ooh, and here's a nice tasty morsel. Remember that? Um, so he is sentenced to death. That's fun. Um, June 21st, <laughs> the WNBA plays its first game at the Great Western Forum in Los Angeles. Damn, did and it take that long? I, I guess so. I, like, is really the WNBA did. that new of an organization? I don't think that yeah. had ever occurred to me. Jeez. I, I, yeah, that, that kind of yeah, uh... cracks when I think about it. I think uh, I saw that when we were doing our NBA hang time episode. 
Oh, the, yeah, didn't you see, but, like, we read something that was, like, hyping it up or something. In, in my yeah. mind, I was like, have I ever seen WNBA in the style of 80s television production? And no, I have not. Oh, and then this this ties into our our last, one of our last bonus episodes. But June 25th, a massive eruption at... Soufriere? Soufriere Hills Volcano on the island of... <laughs> Mon- Monters, Mon- <laughs> Got it in one, baby. Just I don't know. steamroll through that bad boy. Just power through. Montserrat. <laughs> fix, fix, fix it in Look, post. Oh, fix it a in post. volcano erupted, okay? And they abandoned the capital of this island. Uh, volcano heads are feasting at this time. Uh, I'm sorry. It's, it's too bad about the <laughs> island, though. Volcano stands. They're just going crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, the, I, the IRC chat rooms are alive. <laughs> um, volcano BBS is popping off. Volcano <laughs> volcano stands up all night uploading the gift they have celebrating. When will volcano stands answer for the uh, toxic behavior of their chosen deity? <laughs> the toxic, toxic behavior of the, the sulfur being released into the atmosphere. Midway presents War Gods. I guess speaking of gods, that could have been a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> There's our segue. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna um, take a nap but... for a bit. <laughs> yeah, <this> is... <laughs> <laughs> cook. Let us cook. Oh, there is something cooking. McKenna. Tell us about War Gods. War Gods is a 3D fighting game developed by Midway Games, influenced by their own Mortal Kombat series. It controls almost identically, but adds a 3D button which allows fighters to navigate the battlefield in a circular motion, dodging attacks and laying on new moves. You'll get to choose from 10 fighters who are powered up and made immortal by a cosmic ore that crashed into Earth from a spaceship. Defeat them all along with two alien bosses to become the most powerful war god. War god. <laughs> you got the aura, and I'm glad you got the aura in the description. You know what we were talking about earlier? Hmm. That they should have called it Immortal Combat. Immortal Combat, yeah. Damn, that was right there. <laughs> they they, pr- they said that in the Nintendo Power. Do you think they were like, um, you know, we, we don't want to like totally i mean it, it's shameless right it's not like they were trying to hide that it's like mortal Kombat. So yeah they would definitely have to slap the like marquee on the cabinet with just a bunch of stuff all over it that's just like wink wink nudge nudge from the people that brought you regular mortal Kombat. <laughs> MK4 um, hasn't come out yet so they can't put bootleg quan cheese on the side of the cab andrew you, I know you, it's not, you know, this is not why you're asked on, but what did you think of that 3D button? Oh, you, did, you didn't actually didn't, get to I see it. I didn't play that shit. <laughs> oh, you didn't even touch it. Okay. Good, good, good man. Good That's man. The... No, I, I watched um, that Midway documentary that you referenced Insert a while coin. back. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the amount of work that I did for War Gods here. That's funny you say that because I, I was like, oh, I wanna, I'll check out that part again. And I watched it. And it was like it's like one two... line of dialogue. <laughs> They're like, like yeah, we they, just, thing, huh? they just made us rip off our own game. Yeah. We didn't, re- didn't really want to do it that bad or whatever. <laughs> you know, they it it was like a I, I'm, I'm surprised they even included it in the documentary. But it's really weird. Like, yeah. Like, how do you get 
how do you make a documentary about the rise and fall of Midway and do a big extended thing about the, you know, like late 90s arcade Midway and their struggles there and bring in Jeff Gerstmann for a day of shooting and don't even bring up NFL Blitz? That is <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. That's very strange. But there was well, interesting part of it for me to, you know, be out here throwing down for the National Football League. But I feel like Blitz is like Midway's big last, you know. Yeah. Th- yeah, get the huge thing. one. Anyway, well, <laughs> well, Jay. So you you um you know included this on the list of games that you would be down to talk about. Yes. Uh, when you did that, like, do you do you actually have much of a history with this game? I just can't imagine like a lot of people having history. No, with most this, people but... almost no one has a history with this game. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I I would like to pitch this to you. This is your show. Um, we can talk about this in general terms as we all played it, except Andrew, because he's smart and was not required to. Um, and then whenever you guys are done, we can turn this over to Jay's sicko corner. And then I'll go, oh, I'll go okay. berserk. Yeah, because you, you've hinted <laughs> at some good stuff. And in fact, I even was like trying to do some... Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about it first. Maybe McKenna, if you want to give... McKenna doesn't really even have much. Yeah, uh, like I don't really not, have much. Like we're you know I'm not into the fighting genre really, and of the uh, three we've played now, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I'd say this is uh, this is, this is not the, the right console for liking fighting games. <laughs> no, yeah. there. a couple things I want to say. Like um, we we did have we did have some fun like playing playing it in general like as just like a novelty like i'm pretty easily entertained by fighting games like you know even if i can't figure them out just go in there start punching i did beat i beat it on very easy um so how about that um you you gotta have to um once you get to like the bosses of the game it's like classic arcade difficulty uh grok or whatever is no no that's the that's the x the ai i I can't remember i think his name is groks but i just called him groks they both have like O R N X in their name. Yeah. There's just like a one letter. I was, oh, I just, people I should start call him Grok. <laughs> people should start making like memes of like you know the the right wing people who are like there's something wrong with Grok or whatever because it won't like say the awful things at <laughs> once. But it, with the Groks, <laughs> I just I love this mob. slurs. <laughs> that big crossover of like weird Elon Secofant bigots and war god super fans and really just maximize. Yeah, I, I'm sure I can find the Discord channel deep enough where that person exists if I really hunted. I'm not going <laughs> to, but I'm sure I could. And they're, they're the type of person who would be like, actually, War Gods is like steeply underrated. <laughs> no, they still wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, we did get, we did play this um, a while back uh, at an arcade. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, it good, has a, good. yeah, it, we really got the experience there. It has a big button that just says 3D on it and it's flashing. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't actually understand what the 3D button was until I, because I'm not gonna read the cabinet. I don't, I don't care about learning these moves or whatever. So it wasn't until we were looking at the manual at home that I knew what it did. So we would be like fighting in the arcade, and I'm just smacking the 3D <laughs> button, like no idea. You wanted more 3D. So that kind of ties everything together. The specifically bringing up the arcade, because once again, like this is this is a a port. Um, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and a very poor ports at that. Like for home console, 
this is a really really awful port because there's no additional benefits added onto it um okay. there's no training mode there's no like time attack no survival really i don't give a shit about any of those things there's no training mode that's what like chaps my hide that's what offends mm. me personally like i got a home <laughs> console version of an arcade game and there's no training mode uh so all of my that's... testing was done on computers or if i needed to i would make a dummy second player mm. training person yeah they had to be like that because like I, yeah, I had a hard time with this one compared to the other ones where it's like I beat it on very easy, but I was like, it's not really worth my time to try and do this anymore. And I think like if I had training mode, I maybe would have messed around in that a little bit more. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't really feel like I was missing much. I also don't know. I don't know if this is like it's hard to tell like what about it. I think it's just because the game itself feels kind of lacking. So, like, they ported over something that's already kind of lacking. Like, there's not, like, even compared to, like, Mortal Kombat, it's, like, there's not that much, like, music or, like, like, um, like, I don't even think, like, a lot of the characters have, like, themes or, like, stages or whatever. You can't really tell like you know what i mean the theming yeah, there's, is just there's not a whole lot the going on it's not like mortal kombat where realistically you could play mortal kombat specifically for the lore yeah like exactly. those people those people exist and they are very <laughs> valid in doing so because the lore of mortal kombat rips and has always ripped <laughs> isn't the yeah, lore of mortal kombat just have you seen big trouble in little china which whips <laughs> It also whips, but uh, there's a couple. Of, there's like a whatever dungeon and nerds were making and... Mortal Kombat throughout all the '90s and most of the 2000s. They wrote hella stories. <laughs> so much going on in the Mortal yeah. Kombat universe, and as we all know, more story means better story. Oh baby, always. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I was I almost accidentally put on a Metal Gear Solid hoodie earlier. You don't need to listen. I, I will yell at myself about this. It's fine. Uh, in this, the yeah, if you're not playing for the story, like um, I think even I don't even know if on the N64 version it no. had this like splash screen with the like backstory. It, it might. I don't. I let the track mode run for a little bit, and I can't remember if it did or not. Which I saw probably it, like, means it didn't. The PlayStation version had it, and we we watched a video with like all the fatalities mm-hmm. that like included it. But when I, we were like pulling up, we were trying. I was like, okay, it's fine, you know, whatever. It's a it's a port of a fighting game. I don't expect like like it to be too crazy with the story. But I'm like, let's pull up the manual. <laughs> That's got to have something. And it start, it had the characters' backstories, but it's just like like on one of them, it actually explains like what the ore is. But, like, the other characters, it just is, like, the ore. The, there's ore. And you just really are, yeah. like, okay, I, I guess maybe somewhere else they, uh... When you read that there was a spaceship thing, I was, like, I didn't even know that. I didn't know where the ore came yeah, from. Yeah, I did do some... That's that's not in the, the game n- manual. That's, like, in... I think some of the stuff I got from Nintendo Power. Um, And then I think there is a thing... There is, like, a thing in the, uh ps1 right yeah the ps1 version about the, had the yeah. they had the spaceship that space yeah yeah that those it's today I, I found out about the the spaceship <laughs> that's a shame i have i actually i own the ps1 version but i did all my testing on the n64 version specifically in case there were console differences that would lead to things for me to test yeah it didn't seem like otherwise it some it felt like it felt like the arcade which had like it's in 3d 
but like the animations are really bad i think like it like i'm for me like as in in terms of a game it was like fine enough because i don't i don't no, I could tell that it wasn't as good as Mortal Kombat, but I don't really know why or whatever, or the um, other games we played. Um, and, like, the theming had, like, some fun arcade. Like, it, like a, it felt like a Midway game, you know? But, like, um, I could tell, I could just tell, like, the, that the, it was, like, felt, like, cheaply made. Like, they like, maybe they had to do it. It did seem like in that documentary, like, that they just kind of had this, like, foisted upon like they were making a different game right and they're like you we need to make a 3d mortal Kombat." yeah or something. so th- that's yeah. actually the big thing about war gods that i've always theorized and it just makes no sense um this was midway's attempt at making a 3d fighter because 1993 virtual fighter one comes out and everyone shits their pants and it takes maybe a decade for someone to make a 3d game nearly as good yeah I think that's they even brought that up in the insert coin doc and I think it was like they were they were already so far along on whatever the next Mortal Kombat thing they were doing was that 3 at the time they were probably just too far along on that they were like uh no we can't do it so they just like gave it to someone else at midway yeah. instead and of it, just like you know it's, waiting it's I don't know no I think I think what they did is smart because it's very tactical. They wanted to try and make a 3D game. And, like, you have to remember, 3D is a huge paradigm shift for gaming. And it disrupted the industry for years because everyone had to learn how to make a video game in the third dimension. Instead of and just right. pressing the 3D button. That's yeah. what that's there for. <laughs> they had to program the 3D button. Uh, so it, it makes a lot of sense that you kind of send out a sacrificial lamb of a game as your oh okay because i was gonna say at the arcade um and this could be different depending on cabinet but the way the arcade layout is set up is almost exactly the same way as like a ultimate mortal Kombat 3 button layout where it's like light punch heavy punch light kick heavy kick in the middle is block and then your 3d Mm. buttons floating out in space somewhere yeah that weird like in the third dimension (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense you have to reach out (laughs) and grab the 3d so i i I fully theorize that they just took what they knew with mortal Kombat, shaved off all of the serial numbers um because that's also (laughs) something i just i really always felt disappointed in war gods like you look at the cover and it says intergalactic alien kind of vibes and then you play the game and it's like geographical stereotypes i'm like okay cool yeah, yeah. kabuki joe kabuki joe, get the fuck out of here okay so yeah. it is still a midway game then That's... it's still a yeah it, oh, it, yeah, it, yeah it really feels like it should be more intergalactic and alien based but it's it, it's just geographical stereotypes and historical figures yeah it's weird especially when it's like it's in the name like war gods it's like oh it could it could just be a gods like mythological god mm-hmm. fighting game but it's not even that they're not just that like, it's just these it's other people on earth got turned into yeah yeah it's earth and history and it, none of it has any sort of cohesion and it's a little bit more disappointing than i would like in the theming <laughs> but also who am i out here trying to like uh, uh, criticize the the aesthetics of fucking war gods there there's a certain level of charm to it i will say and it's like 
uh, I don't know, just like the announcer voice mm-hmm. was great. You know, that sort of vibe. It's, it's is not, it's not the worst. But... Like it's from this era. There's still so many worse 3D fighting games. Like War okay, Gods is okay. not, not that bad. It's broken, and I know that because it's... I broke it. <laughs> but yes, but uh, it's definitely not as bad as like fucking Criticom. There's an episode at some point in Flashback 64 where I'm gonna be like, "Goo McKenna, I need five minutes to talk about Criticom," even though that's not today's. <laughs> it's not today's okay. game, but it's related. Didn't to get a port of Rise of the Robots, did it? No, it didn't. Because I, I definitely own it if it did. <laughs> I was gonna say, no matter how bad this, like I don't know, I own a Jaguar. I feel like there are probably still worse fighting games from this area, from this era rather, out here. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I have one final question about it in this era, because I, you know, we're going chronologically, but we're not like releasing these in the exact same time. <laughs> but I just have this feeling of like this is not even that long after. Um, Mortal Kombat trilogy and Killer Instinct, like from the previous year. I guess it's like halfway through the year um, at this point. It's in May, so it's 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 about six months off or less. But I'm thinking, like at this point, is it like, you know, is this if you're an N64 owner, you know, is it even really, even if it was like better, is this like a game that you're? I guess if it was better, yeah. But I just feel like you have so many better options from the get go on n64 that i can't imagine who was like i have to pick this up like day one you know yeah i, I this is one of the genres that like the n64 just never prioritized there's like there's one I can't believe you throw no. bio freaks under the bus like this i, I was I, not bio freaks <laughs> that's mostly plat um that's the only reason why that one's getting saved but oh, damn. I, was, I was gonna say there's one but there's two if you count J- japanese releases because it's like flying dragon came to north america and that game's worth something and then uh, Rengoku Kids was only in Japan, and that game is super, super cool. And it's a, like unbelievably beautiful fighting game on the N64 Rengoku that you you would never think in a million years looks like an N64 game. Is that the mm-hmm. one that I often get mixed up with Treasures uh, Rakugaki Showtime on PS1? Maybe it's the one so that like looks a hand drawn like kind of. Yeah, it's the hand drawn thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would explain the the bear oh. tank, right? Because it's the weird pun of Rakugaki kids, Rakugaki kids, something yeah. like that. Are you? Oh, I thought you were just holding a copy of it in front of the camera. I said I was going to do a, a bit as we get into Jay Sicko oh, Corner that it's uh, going to play <laughs> so well in audio. <laughs> but like <laughs> you referenced that. You were working off of Game of FAQs while I was working off of the War God Strategy Guide. Yes, that's awesome. Wow. That's um, official right there in giant letters that say, you know. This is the official. So one of my passions is collecting strategy guides. The uh, the more unofficial, the better. Um, yes. <laughs> this one is official, but it's also, it's got the heart and soul of an unofficial strategy guide. I love <laughs> this. This is like, in terms of strategy guides, this one's pretty good. Because it tries its hardest, but it's also working with almost nothing. Because it's also, it's talking about war gods, so it's working with like almost mm. nothing. Um, what's what's its like defining best feature? Would you the, say that the define the, the best feature? <laughs> the objective best feature is that it does explain the system mechanics in ways that you would never understand if you were trying to come oh. to this normally. 
Uh, is this? I think this is time to get into Jay Sicko Corner. This then. is Jay Sicko Corner. The best feature that is total bullshit, but I love it, is that, once again, playing so well in audio, it has matchup notes for your character versus every other character on the roster. They're wow. not real. They're so not real. <laughs> oh. I was gonna say there's, how many of those are copy and paste between each section. It, but... It's it's someone it's someone you know putting their boots into the English language to try and say the same thing nine different times. Wow, um, perfect. Yeah, but, that's look. That's that's how some of us got through high school. It's fun. That, it, look that that's it, it is paid, <laughs> paid bills for a couple of people. You have to respect and, the hustle. Yeah, uh, I I just I love I love strategy guys like this, but it does explain some mechanics that would normally be parsable. So with that, let's get into Jay's Sicko Corner. If I say anything at any point that does not make sense, please stop me and I will explain it. <laughs> oh, no, we'll be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I might just have to let you go. For starters, the 3D button is very funny because you have a, both a 3D walk and a 3D dodge. And the 3D dodge's range feels entirely variable. There's also a problem <laughs> that almost every 3D game had with this era where when you engage the third dimension, the camera doesn't exactly know what to do. And so it has to like try to guess what is still forward. And that kind of War Gods is not as bad about this as other games. So if you're still like trying to find what forward is, you can still just press forward what last felt like forward was and forward will still have your character run towards your opponent, which kind of just makes 3D dodge like I am going to try and get out of the way of this projectile. Some projectiles still track though which is very funny other than that the majority of the mechanics are standard fare for mortal Kombat. your mm. way your punches kicks uppercuts sweeps jump-ins everything works it's all mortal Kombat. the thing that is defining to this game is the way it handles block and throw and I was when I was like testing around with this, I was like, I hope I find something because I I'm I'm deep within the trenches of like Kusoge fighters and I know no one really has any tech on war gods and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna find something. Cause <laughs> finding things is like it's just you you go digging and you don't know what you're gonna find. And like after the first play session, I was like, I think I found something. We'll test it later. And I came back like two weeks <laughs> later and I was like, oh, I absolutely found something. <laughs> You've so, broken the case wide open. I, I kind of broke the case wide open. The way this game handles throws is that they're proximity throws, which is very standard fare for most fighting games this time. Your whatever your button is, your forward and light punch button, it mm -hmm. becomes a throw when you're close enough. When, when you're in proximity to your opponent, it turns into a throw. The way that doesn't work so hot is because in War Gods, you cannot get thrown if you are holding back or down or like up back. But that doesn't work if you're also blocking. So instead of being thrown because you're pressing the input that is actually just a regular attack, you're just going to get punched instead of thrown. So that doesn't really get you out of anything. Instead, yeah. you actually want to probably do something that will end up getting thrown because that's how you play the game and not just take damage. Funny enough, though, Proximity throws in this game are lightning fast. They are like Guilty Gear throw speeds. So they are probably among the fastest things I found. They will beat any option except 3D. So if I go in for a throw... <laughs> of course, 3D. My throw, throw is faster than your punch, your kick, your special, your teleport. It is not faster than your jump, but because you jumped... I get a light, pun I get a light punch instead, and I knock you out of the air, and... 
on the ground state in this game is throwable. So even what? if you jump, I my throw doesn't come out, but I instead knock you out of the air. And while you're lying on the ground, I can still run up and throw you from lying on the ground. The only thing you can do is 3D dodge. That I was able to test at least was 3D dodge out of the way. 3D dodges are still kind of slow. And if you can navigate what way is forward still you can con just continue to dash at someone and get back in throw range what makes wow. this really bad is that you can kind of just loop throws on people typically in fighting games there is some sort of programming to make sure that on wake up from a knockdown there is a, an amount of throw invincibility so you just don't get looped by throws because they they beat everything you know you can't block a throw and they're usually fast enough, or they could be timed well enough off a knockdown where they would just beat your options. I can only think of one game that I know doesn't have throw protection, and that's best of best, but it might be the case that War Gods is the second game. So when you wake you wake up like really, really fast in War Gods, but the problem is you can usually get close enough into grab range where you're still going to be able to get close enough to do the fastest literal thing in the game, throw. <laughs> before the other the opponent has an option for anything so like i was testing it against the computer and they would wake up and teleport and i'd throw them out of their teleport animation and i was like okay oh nice try dog but you're not getting away from this one That's all crazy. throws all throws will throw the opponent behind you so you just have to time it out where you throw them dash throw them dash throw them and you can go back and forth because of the 3d arena if you throw them and they hit like the wall and you don't have to dash as far it's fucking guaranteed at that point because you are you it takes no time <laughs> to get back on top of them you'll like you won't have a guaranteed loop after that but there was one time where like out of the circle stage i was able to get it at like a corner angle between two walls and like i didn't even have to try anymore i was just That's completely incredible. throwing throw looping them and every almost every character can do this but there's a number of different throw animations across the cast because every character has like a mostly unique throw. Vala and Pagan have the same throw animation. And of those groups, Maximus's throw does not send them very far behind you. So he makes it almost <laughs> foolproof where you just throw some with Maximus. They don't go very far. You dash up and then you just throw them again. Like they can't really do anything about it there might still be counterplay out there this isn't fully tested because i need another human to like fully fully test this or a training mode which would have been cool but we already <laughs> covered that one but outside of that like that's how you break war game war gods down you yeah. still can't beat the game with this because fucking grok is too big to throw and so this strategy goes <laughs> out the window too woke to throw <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, he's too woke. He can't take the shot. Yeah, he won't do it, sir. <laughs> yeah, uh, I um, after I saw you post that, I was like, well, you know, I, I when I saw your po everything you said made sense just now. By the way, so Thank congrats. Goodness. That was incredible. <laughs> um, when I saw your post, there was some stuff I didn't fully get, but I was like, you know what? I saw your video. And I'm like, I'm going to try it. So yeah, I do. I, if you want to throw it in the show notes, I have video proof of this. I <laughs> oh, record I'll video. Uh, but I, yeah, I tried it. And I, on the first matchup, I, I did it. No problem. And it was like, okay. I was like, okay, well this, 
I was like, this sucks, but it's, it's also kind of amazing, you know? Yeah, it works. Um, it works best with Maximus, and it works second best with Sci Five. I found it off of Sci Five, and then I Sci Five. I tested most of the rest of the cast, and and once I got to Maximus, and I saw that his went like two feet behind him, I was like, oh, it's so fucking over. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. I guess now that that information is like maybe more out there, maybe we could get some of the. You know, some of the war gods uh, heads out there that we're discussing. Some I, of the good ones, you know. I, I know all the, like, Kusoke community lords and, like, all the, like, big testers. And if anything, they're probably just like, oh, cool. Jay found something. We don't have to ever touch this game again. Like, Jay uh. found, <laughs> we, we found something. That's all. Like, you just want to know that there's something that exists. Because, like, outside of my stupid throw tech I discovered, like, there isn't really anything else to this game. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what makes it underwhelming um mortal combat games have always been defined by having like dial a combo systems where all their combos are canned like and that's never really been too much of an issue but for war gods like you don't really have that many and every character just has like a 10 hit canned combo that you would want to do at any moment in time and you don't (laughs) really have a reason to do anything else so like sans throw protection stuff you would want to pick one of the characters that has a projectile that does a capture because like um yeah i think like anubis he throws out a projectile that captures you and brings you back and it's like okay cool well if i hit them with that then i just get a free chance at my my 10 hit combo and that's the best way to play the game because there's really nothing else that would make the game interesting interesting you don't have too many things you can do for juggles like the reason i I was testing with sci-5 first is because he has little like energy satellites that can rotate around his body, and I was like, "That's the that is the most likely thing that I could get a combo off of with." No, no okay. training mode kind of killed that, but like realistically, that would be something you could get a juggle off of, like linking attacks and then satellite hits. But who cares? Hmm. Just throw loop them and then get to Grok and then <laughs> stop playing. Uh, Grok and the, uh, it was Grok. Grok I struggled with and the way I, uh, found to beat him and this really solidified, I was like, okay, this, maybe this isn't the best is I would just jump at him and kick him and then jump away, jump at him, kick him, jump away. And he went from like, he just was completely destroying me to when I did that, like he never even hit me. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I I was (laughs) playing medium to very hard and like at harder difficulties, he's just gonna i'm sure yeah he's, yeah he's just gonna like frame read the fact that you're jumping and be like cool anti-air yeah and then the fucking funny thing about grok even though his name's not grok <laughs> he's always grok now though grok. Um, when grok does his um his like shockwave stomp that goes across the entire field like that stuns you and he can do it again and that doesn't break the stun that actually just fucking reapplies the stun so if he wasn't a moron he could just do the shockwave attack in like <laughs> in, in into infinity because it never seemed to break the stun it always seemed to reapply the stun if only we had grok's power you know yeah. we could have, have the cheat code i had the cheat code in the manual to unlock him but i was like i don't even want this i don't care <laughs> we discovered that reading nintendo power right right before or some no it was Uh, no we were just reading online and uh i had i had a similar thing where uh well i tried your throw thing but i was like i don't really care to find out what grok's like it's okay (laughs) uh well i i really like appreciate you like you actually brought a lot more to it and like that like 
because otherwise that literally anyone else would <laughs> yeah. this, this is this, this. Yeah. you are you are talking to one of one right now when it comes to god tech discoverers <laughs> so you lucked out it, but also you also you just lucked out by having like the one of the big kusoge fighting game guys on your your podcast yeah. <laughs> that well, does it, not normally deal with fighting games it's it's cool because it like yeah it it helped like now i feel like i somewhat understand like how this game differs from other ones in like a more tangible way other than uh my own personal like i don't know just the vibes you know that i get from playing it you know so i appreciate that um is there is there any other i think we kind of covered it generally like we're not we don't need to talk about the, like the characters or anything specific um, we already talked about the characters they yeah. suck yeah yeah exactly you know but any, any other the only thing <laughs> this not even something we found while playing just watching the fatalities i did oh, think yeah. some of the fatalities were cool there was some fun cheesy voodoo fatalities. has a voodoo doll voodoo doll that was cool uh, yeah that's that's about it it cuts your <laughs> bottom your legs off or whatever there are you some know. interesting uh not as not as cool like artistically as like mortal Kombat. yeah uh maybe you know but that's really that's really the big thing that brings this game down like you could have gotten away with a lot more if the game felt like it had a fun artistic identity uh, the fact that it's not a fun 3d fighter and it doesn't really have anything going for it in terms of characters and story and setting and themes that just kind of kills it dead yeah yeah it's definitely I, one I, of the weakest game i think it's play. like a, i think it's like a tech demo like this this yeah this, for sure this was made so that when they do make mortal kombat 4 mortal kombat 4 will rip yeah and which it does. it does okay see Things that's that one everyone <laughs> sorry go ahead oh is that is that a hot take or not i don't even know i i've i've never played mortal kombat 4 so um is that on in 64 yeah i, I believe I it so. is yeah yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big yeah. on Mortal people. Game. People are are typically not big on the 3D Mortal Kombat's for including, um, but in some recent years, people have realized that Mortal Kombat Four is, you know, it's it, it's a Kusoge fighter, but like it's a really fun Kusoge fighter. I recently played um, a few months ago some of the like I don't even remember what they were called, but I uh, our our previous guest Connor is also a big fighting game uh, fan is like. Uh, was showing me some of the GameCube Mortal Kombat's I was playing. Yeah, no Deadly Alliance and whatnot. Yeah, they were there. There was one where it's like sword. I, I, anyway, I don't want to get it too off topic, but um, yeah, War Gods. It's uh, it's a tech demo. I think that's the best way to put it. So yep. I mean, it makes sense that you would want to take that first big leap into polygonal 3d stuff with something that's maybe not risking the health of your biggest cash cow franchise at the moment right like i could understand why they would use a test game that's not tied to the mortal Kombat ip or it whatever makes total sense it's it's, yeah. it's not a good game but it's a smart business decision mm. that's what bubsy 3d was for too you know it wasn't nintendo who did it but you know they were like I, I, Nintendo wishes. Yeah, <laughs> actually, did uh, Nintendo, on Nintendo's best day, they could not. Nintendo's never released anything nearly as tubular as Bubsy 3D. Wait, Bubsy Bub 3D got that DNA test back. He is 100% Himalayan. <laughs> did Bubsy Joke stolen from Dracula Flow Four? I gotta just make sure I cite my sources. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. That's that's big right now. You like? Yeah. You don't really want to get in trouble for that. 
when did Buffsy three D actually probably came out after? It came, it came out like two months after. Oh, okay. Um, so at, which which Buffsy three D we talking about here? Um, uh, there's only one. It's just PS one, right? Or is there a PC release? Oh, oh no, my friend. Oh, there are oh. two. Well, the one I pulled up, PS one. Why are we talking about Bubsy three D? November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. So actually. Mario 64 was that for Bubsy 3D. It mm-hmm. you know, it walks so Bubsy 3D could run. Yeah, I I remember I remember something a video saying like the devs were in the well within making Bubsy 3D when Super Mario 64 came out, and they're like, well, shit, but we can't like start over. <laughs> and they couldn't afford to just uh, not yeah. do it. Yeah. So you think you've got it tough? Try being a war god. You slave all day over a hot universe. Then some other god walks up and kicks sand all over your supplicants. There's nothing else you can do. You've got to kick his supernatural butt. It's war gods. It's the mind-blowing graphics, the bone-chilling music, and the demented special effects that makes this game fit for the gods. War gods, that is. The war of the gods has begun. It's a big universe out there. Somebody's got to wage war in it. Well, that was that was Jay's sicko corner. Andrew, how's uh how's your corner feeling over there? Are you? It's your time. It's a little bit cluttered right now. I'm pasting a link in the chat <laughs> here to an article about uh, Bubsy 3D visits the James Trail <laughs> retrospective, um, which I don't believe you can play anymore online, which is unfortunate. Um, Bubsy but... 3D visits James. Oh, it didn't even. Oh, okay. Oh. There was a second one. What? Well, <laughs> n- no, <laughs> you, you were right. This is not a real official thing that exists. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, wow, for the longest sweet, time, actually. no one was going after Ben Esposito for, I think it was just Bubsy 3 dcomorg something like that. Oh. But for a long time, it was a weird, goofy little like 3D joke game you could play in a browser window. But then uh, he went off and made Donut County mm-hmm. and Neon White and... Now the the origin story of Bubsy 3D at a art museum is uh, lost to time. Anyway, let's. Uh, uh, what, what are we talking about? Well, what we're going to talk about, and McKenna's going to tell us about Hexen. Hexen Beyond Heretic is a 3D fantasy first-person adventure developed by Raven Software using a modified Doom engine, adding the ability to look up and down. It is the sequel to Heretic and the second game in the Serpent Riders trilogy. You can play as a fighter, a cleric, or a mage who each have unique skills and weapons such as the Hammer of Retribution, the Serpent Staff, and Blood Scourge, respectively. You'll advance through several hub levels by navigating through each hub's connected levels, collecting keys, solving puzzles, and fighting bosses to unlock the next hub. At the beginning of each hub, you're greeted by Korax, one of three serpent riders, and the main antagonist of the game, who will taunt you for a moment before you can proceed. Hexen also includes a multiplayer deathmatch mode, and you can play through the entire campaign in multiplayer. I love both these games are filled with guys named like Grok and Korax (laughs) or whatever, you know, like... Uh, it's yeah. huge era for 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 naming conventions. <laughs> Andrew, um, you put this. We just had you on talking about Doom and uh, Doom sixty four and all that stuff. What what about this game? Uh, you put it on a list. 
that you would be down to talk about it. What's uh, what's your backstory, your personal history? Yeah, um, man, what is how do you how, how does one define a personal history with Hexen? Who can say? <laughs> um, I have a long. Uh, I was going to jokingly call it a storied history, but that it's not. <laughs> I just I I like Raven Software. I always mm -hmm. have. Um, they kind of started out as id software's like weird little brother doing uh a lot of stuff like to the but they were sharing a lot of of id's tech and hanging out with that team and like at one point their office was down the street from id's yeah um and they were basically anytime uh it had a new uh iteration of the id tech engine ready to go raven was right behind with some weird kind of out there idea of what you could do with that engine to make a similar but different video game totally. so um like earlier on with the uh uh after it was putting out wolfenstein 3d um raven was putting out um you know other stuff in that vein like uh uh shadow casters and cyclones and a bunch of these early games that were like much more uh using id's tech to make something much more rpg heavy right like much closer yeah. to a uh more traditional dungeon crawler something much more like 70s first edition D, &D <laughs> like real grognardy uh just rock mentions yeah exactly. <laughs> shout out to grog that um I, I definitely could tell like like when I play, I played a little bit of uh, Heretic as well, and I was like, "This is like, it's just, no, not just, but I was like, this is Doom. I'm playing Doom, you know." Heretic is definitely uh, more so than this. <laughs> I think the I most like, like Doom clony thing, which I kind of love um, to be honest. Um, I I actually like that game more because I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah, more Doom." Yeah, levels. I think most people would probably agree with you. The Heretic <laughs> is probably a better game than Hexen, but you know, it didn't come out on the N64. Yeah, no. so here we are. It, this is a, a weird case where, like, and I'm I'm mildly familiar with Ravensoft stuff, but like, I always thought Hexen was the first one because I saw it on the N64. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and it, I even back then I was like, "That's really weird that this game shows up on the N64," because it's like, did, it, did it, you have it? I didn't, I never had it, but like I knew it was on the N sixty four. It's like it's this and StarCraft sixty four are the two games that are like, <laughs> what? Why? Like I'm like I'm really impressed, but why? <laughs> I kind of yeah. I can see why Hexen would be ported to N sixty four. Um, I also see why Hexen two would not. And then by the time they eventually make a Heretic two later on down the line, that's like a third person. Like it's a completely yeah. different style of video game but that's that's the only one i haven't even i tried a bit of um the second the third one but i yeah i haven't played hexen to the, the one you just mentioned I, I i haven't seen that i haven't even seen it yeah I'm i think it's uh gotten pretty well lost to time at this point because also during this era raven was doing a bunch of expansion packs for uh like you know quake and quake 2 and stuff like they were doing a lot of um semi-official work for id games um on top of sure. their uh you know other projects and like even then like you know um there are still things you can find out there with like interview segments and stuff where it's like uh you know people like john romero being involved in the design and things like hexen and so on and so forth mm -hmm. um but yeah no hexen is another game that i did not have on the 64 at a time that has been a um 
an old computer game for me for a long time, but um, I actually did not buy a copy of Hexen 64 until it came time to do that for this show. I oh, wow. regret to admit up front I did not complete it. I did not even get nearly as far in as I thought that I had. Um, but, you know, it's Hexen. Hexen. I've messed around Hexen with it a lot over the years. You. Hexen is, is meant to be. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, what... I, I didn't realize how much people had grown to, like, kind of violently dislike this game on the internet until doing at least, you know, a little bit of cursory research before this. But, uh, yeah, Hexen is uh, not terribly concerned with your ability to finish and see all of Hexen. Um, <laughs> as it turns out. I, I think we were only able to do it because we, we played co-op. So, like, when you die, you just kind of respawn, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? So it was like, even though we had lives and stuff, we, we were basically playing on God mode. You know, we could just mm -hmm. keep trying infinitely. The only thing that sucked is once we picked up all the mana uh, and died and came back, it was gone. So Oh, we no. Just kind of <laughs> hacking away that. at some oh. bosses for like ever. Forever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I don't blame you for not uh, finishing it. Uh for this that's totally fine um we like i said only did via game fact and probably playing co-op i mean it was it was fun to do it was like a very fun experience um just just experiencing it i don't know that's similar to war gods and i think also the fact that i'm not again i've said this before not paying like full price in the time yeah uh, this is more of like, yeah, I paid a couple bucks and like it was a fun novelty, you know, so I, I'm not I'll, I'm not really like I can't come down hard with a real review about it. <laughs> uh, definitely wasn't as good as Doom 64 or anything. Sure. But yeah, um, even even with that, I will say, though, yeah, like it, it got like kind of annoying at times, I'll say. And even reading the game fact from 1997, <laughs> there were parts where the person writing it was like, I can't really explain how to do this part. Just you got to get the two things. And once you do go here and, and, you know, once you figure that out, yeah, you know, I'll continue explaining. I was like, a lot oh, of facts okay. for this game are just like, and now do everything I just typed, but in reverse order. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 we, we should clear the air on how Hexen works or maybe specific oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. work. So the way like Hexen has, will will set you in a hub world. And then it will give you multiple portals to different places. And the way you traverse these portals is that when one opens up, you go into it and you eventually find a switch. And then you have to sit there and think about what <laughs> what you might have done by flipping that switch. <laughs> mm -hmm. It sometimes will say uh, something has happened somewhere. Yeah. Or it'll yeah. say one of nine puzzles. Yeah. 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 So it, after you flip a switch... You might have unlocked something towards getting out of this hub world, which you had to do one of X to exit. You, or, or you might have opened a new portal somewhere in the hub world to, to go find a different place. Or most likely, you will have changed something in one of the other portals in the hub world, but you have no fucking clue which one or what you did. So this game is like backtrack maniacal. Yes, I think um, I mentioned in our last episode, there were things that like certain puzzles in Doom 64 that really stumped me and I ended up looking them up. And when I looked them up, 
I was like, oh, like I should, you know, I I could have figured that out. You know, this one, there wasn't a moment where I was, I, I would look it up and I go, I don't know how anyone ever would figure this yeah. out. Um, <laughs> it was beyond, what, what was what was your feeling about it? When yeah, you... it's kind of the same, just being in a level and doing something and just wondering, okay, did we do something in this level? Mm-hmm. Or do we have to leave, leave this level and figure out? And eventually, did <laughs> for a while, it'd be fun to look around. But after a while, I was like, well, let's just let's just peek. Let's just peek at the at the fact and see if we've done the right. <laughs> and sometimes I'm trying to run down the list. To remember, did we go to Wolf or Dragon or what did we do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a shame because I think the game's really fun. It's just like it is. It's it is. Yeah. Completely and purposely unparsable on what the fuck you're supposed to do next. And- and truthfully, like the the actual like level structure, I think is really cool conceptually. Like compare, it's way more interesting uh, on paper than like Heretic. Just the idea of the hub world, almost like Turok, you know, but even more in depth because one thing could affect something else on the other level. It's not just like get a key from here and use it here. It was like oh, you could pull a switch and something could happen here. But the fact that it's like like there's really no there's nothing like the puzzles just aren't really well designed and the there's a lot of things i guess that lead to it but uh you never like you said you never have that aha moment like we did it let's go over here now that like something like uh a metroidvania would have you yeah you know it's not that tightly designed it's kind of just throwing darts at dartboards and I say dartboards plural because there's multiple dartboards in the game and you just got to keep throwing. Andrew, you said you couldn't see too for a while. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the my current main CRT is uh, if I had known before um, bringing it in and installing it and everything uh, that the guy who had used it before me had been using it as his daily like main TV every day up until like 2020 probably wouldn't have bought it what um but yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway old, yeah old head picture tube old, has old issues head, and head. is uh kind of getting on its last legs so it's been wow as, as i have an extra one if you want uh, uh, i've got too many it's fine uh just oh, this oh, one yeah, in particular was just like yeah i had to go in and crank the black level up to be able to see anything getting around just even the intro area and hexen but i mean that's also part of the issue here is just uh a the n64 is the n64 and uh b this is one of these times when we don't have a beautiful new uh night dive re-release to uh use and to play instead that would probably i think the other games have slightly unfairly gotten a boost from that Turok and doom yeah but I, mean, I think even I... with that there's still well i was playing a little bit of it in uh gz doom or yes. whatever yeah, yeah um and i was like whoa like this is sick like you can everything looks great that looked pretty nice but yeah oh and i have seen this the fully remastered stuff <laughs> that that's a little much i was like i don't know yeah, if we no, need to take like, it this far people have gotten really weird with gz doom in particular and there's so much like path tracing stuff you can inject in there and reshade and all that like you can make it look mm. like a very different video game um if you just want a less uh angrily designed version of hexen that looks more like that um there was a game from new blood that came out recently called a medieval 
Oh, um, yeah. That is very, very good. Um, and is very much in this vein. And I probably spent more time revisiting that and playing the new Night Dive release of Turok 3. I should have been playing Hexen 64 over that. the last month. Um, That's fair. Dude, it's so good. <laughs> anyway. I'm um, saving myself for Turok 3. <laughs> you, you are in for a treat when you get there. Um, that's Yeah, that's something I've always said. So I'm saving off, myself but... for Turok I lo love the fact you shirked away from the last month of homework, because I also spent the last month playing Final Fantasy 5 and 6 and not playing these games. <laughs> Hell yeah. You both have really... Pro I, so, Andrew, you what were you doing? You were playing this on a, on a, on a PC for a while? Uh, what was that? Yeah, so the other day um, I went down to one of one of Seattle's friendly local uh, PC recycling centers and uh, bought me a Pentium 2 Voodoo 2 machine from 98. And um, Sweet. last yeah, night yeah, I popped so tight. I popped my old copy of Hexen in there, despite the fact that you know, it's a software rendered game. It doesn't need a 3D accelerator. But I was like, ah, new Windows 98 machine. I should put Hexen on it and see what happens. <laughs> um, and I just spent a bunch of time playing through the first, like, uh, hub world area again there around seven portals but i mostly wanted to do that to get a good like feel for what the like quote unquote original like 1995 release of hexen is as opposed to using a source port or um or even playing it on like the gog release on an xp machine or something which i had done before um mm -hmm. i wanted directly like okay a computer that was not made much you know too too long after the original release of this game versus you know the actual best home port of it because there are other home ports of hexen we could get into there's not a lot to <laughs> say i don't think other than just like um the saturn port was built off of a beta version of the game that was not finished so it's even more like bewildering oh, and confusing yeah. and janky and strange um <laughs> looks cool though um but uh yeah i Hexen 64 um, has a really uh, bad reputation, I guess. And I do think it's funny that uh, you can really abuse um, saves coming in this game, but it takes up like an entire N64 memory card to do so, which is very yeah. funny. Um, so I was like, yeah, I've got one of these lying around that I don't, don't have any other saves in there that I need. Sure. Um, I I'm realizing just the value of those things so much because I feel like the majority of games I played were just like I think more first party Nintendo like yeah like that would Mario, save on the Mario cartridge and Zelda yeah. yeah and so if we didn't if I just didn't happen to have one like almost every game we've played I was like kind of mad about it at first <laughs> I'm like what yeah <laughs> like, there's a current company that makes one that like has an FRAM chip in it sort of like outlive all of us as opposed to uh, on my the you know, original ones. ones, which are all toast by now. It's not even the battery. It's like a whatever. I will look oh, that up okay. on the side while we uh, have <laughs> an actual conversation. Um, well, anyway, yeah, McKenna, what, what what else? Like, do you have any other big takeaways that you felt like playing it? I think. Um, well, we... I got to mention the stained glass. The stained glass. <laughs> I always sick. have to mention. Yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I love when there's stained glass in video games. Mm -hmm. So I got really excited and I thought it looked really good. Yeah. It and did look cool. you can oftentimes break oh, the windows yeah. and find you know stuff behind them. Yeah. Sometimes secret passageways. That yeah. was pretty sick. I think overall, like kind of the vibe of the game is kind of cool. Like the dark fantasy 
Um, some of it doesn't translate well, I don't think. It makes some things, like, again, hard to see. Um, and we were we were especially uh, doing multiplayer. Like, we were kind of... Like, some of the levels felt really claustrophobic, but especially when, you know, yeah, we both had cutting the screen in half, level. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were telling me about it, like earlier in the month and i was like that's so fascinating like that the n64 yes. would do that it must suck but like it also <laughs> rules it it ran okay like it's it definitely shocking it was on how lower... okay it runs yeah it was on a lower quality setting i think but mm. like we we didn't really have issues performance wise mm. just like i said the overall visual was a little tricky and my crt uh cuts off some of the screen yes. i've realized yeah that was it, the overscan. Yeah, if there's anything that, yeah. like, the N64 version of this game makes me want to say about it, it's, like, shockingly okay port for what I would expect to be just yeah, a yeah. kind of huge dumpster fire. But, like, it, 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 this is really playable even without, like, the, the really wacky, schmacky way that they have to integrate strafing and, like, items, you know, cycling through your items. It's not graceful, but, like, they found a yeah. way to do it it doesn't work the hottest you're not going to surf circle strafe very well but like you can still play it all yeah. really but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no this one wasn't it wasn't like in doom 64 where i could kind of get that going this was like not really much you could do about it but the, yeah the way that it's implemented it's fun it's fun because it leads to like if i had this at the time as a kid it would be endless hours of fun because one, there's the co-op, which is awesome, but the deathmatch mode, it it's both like kind of it feels both kind of janky or whatever, but also uh awesome because you just load it up in a level and if you hit a portal to a different world or whatever, it just ends and it goes on to the next thing. <laughs> and so it's clearly they just kind of like inserted it in I think that's kinda how Doom even did it, but like the levels were designed as such to where you couldn't really just end it. So some of the we played with our with um our roommate and uh we were playing three player, but there were times where some of the games we just start playing for a second, step into a portal, and it's like, all right, <laughs> round over, <laughs> next, and it would just load up the next level, and we're fighting, and there and you could have and there's monsters running around and stuff. So it was kind of like just like chaos, and it wasn't like. You didn't really feel like, you know, oh, we're playing another round. It just felt like we're we're sort of just like going through the levels, killing each other. <laughs> so but if I was if I was like, you know, six when this came out, if I actually had it, um, I just we'd just be going. Me and my friends would just go nuts on that forever. It, like, who cares it, who wins? If, I did, if this was a game I did have at the time and like, you know, it's one of my five games I own. Like, I would be somewhat okay banging my head against the wall that is this game because it's not like it's impossible to beat. It's just not very rewarding to continue playing when it doesn't tell you yes. what, the, what the fuck that Switch did. But <laughs> it is it is like it's it's still it's like the problem with the game is the Switches and it not telling you what those things did. The problem with the game isn't the play of it. It's that that part's still pretty damn enjoyable, especially when you have like three classes you could play as. That, that like, was cool. Yeah. It's not it. The game doesn't want you to beat it, or it wants to drag you through the fucking yeah. mud in, in pursuit of beating beating it. I mean, it's this was what I think the same year as Full Throttle, maybe or right after. It's a year before Grand Fandango came out, so it's definitely in that era of 
LucasArts adventure games being at their most comically esoteric and ridiculous. Um, and it feels very, well, very much like that. At least they were like in that. a comic way. Well, yeah, you know, this I mean, was yeah. rarely funny, you know? No. Uh, I mean, it was funny, but not because of the, those puzzles. No, you know? it wasn't full of jokes and japes, as it were. Spoofs, goofs, things of this nature. None to be found. Um, the voice was good, though. The, the, that, oh, yeah. The mm -hmm. shit talking was cool. Yeah, no, the vibes um, of Hexen are off the charts. Yeah. To use mm -hmm. the official, uh, we're just taking that from Ryan now, I think. Uh, it's, Ryan, it's not Ryan. A flashback 64 official scale. <laughs> Trailblazer. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan the Trailblazer. Yeah, it's known as our scale. <laughs> yep. Eat shit. No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you're, no, no. Uh, I can't I'm even do pushing it just... in front of the bus here. I'm just like, no, no, no. Yeah, the vibes were cool. Uh, stained glass helped. The, the music was pretty solid too you know it fit the theme it did it definitely didn't stand out to me as we were listening back to it um and i was like yeah you know that that wasn't like my favorite part but it it fit the vibe pretty well it was it wasn't the top tier vibes of n64 that we played but yeah that was all right did, was there any anything else for you that that really stuck out uh so i loved the one hub world we had to like collect the gems oh that was really I, the, cool. like I, you, the first one i found that far. the first one i found i was like do we have to collect like multiple gems and mm -hmm. like do something with them and i i got so excited about that <laughs> there was a couple attempts at having what could be a really cool like zelda style puzzle of like there was one with like clock work Mm -hmm. You had to find gears to put in a clock or like uh, the gems you had to put on some type the same. of... Uh, was it the that same? Was the same hub, I believe. Yeah, some of them they mixed in levels where it's like you'd find the gems here, but then you'd go over here and get some gears or whatever. Yep. Some of those were really cool and it was almost a little disappointing because they like I feel like they let the puzzle down in a way. Like they weren't <laughs> as cool as they could have been. Uh, yeah, they, they were... Um, they were interesting and esoteric, but also, yeah, like almost too, too, like too, just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't, didn't fully, uh, it was the same thing of like, I don't really know where this goes sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of my, um, predominant feeling about Hexen over the years is mm -hmm. like, it's kind of the example of someone had to take this concept of you know the like puzzle dungeon first person shooters that were you know of the style of the time um someone had to take that too far to establish a boundary lines right um someone had to get just a little bit too vague and weird uh for everyone else to kind of start to reel back a little bit that feels like such a grotesque oversimplification but i do kind of I don't know, like there is a charm in how gleefully obtuse Hexen can be and how much it just does not care about giving you information that feels necessary for progression. It's, it's too rough and tumble for its own good, but that that is kind of the vibe of it in the way that you can appreciate from a distance. Yeah. And the, and moment, like, the moment it sucks, but like it's a time capsule in a way. A little bit. And, like, there is something to be said for, like, yeah, a lot of really tabletop RPG stuff was like that as well, where it's just, like, you weren't, you know, telling a um, collaborative improvisational story with your friends around a table so much as you were um, 
you know, entering these kill box puzzle dungeons that your, uh, you know, shithead friend's older brother who's DMing <laughs> your campaign in the basement put together or whatever. And I think the way that Raven was trying to experiment in different directions with putting all of the weird, like, RPG stuff in here throughout the 90s is really interesting and i think in each of their attempts to make a game like that it both works and actively does not work in different ways like there's this weird push and pull as you just look through their releases through the time and i think that kind of more or less wraps up by the end of heretic 2 i mean after that point they've already put out a couple other like just straightforward third person action games but um Anyway, I don't know, like Hexen 2 after this does some cool things with the Quake engine that leads us to games like Dusk and stuff later down the line, but are also even more um, deep into the uh, being concerned with differences in classes and stuff mm. um, in the way that Hexen sort of is. And I think Hexen's biggest problems for me actually are not in how weird and... Um, opaque it is but are in things like the way that a lot of the like moving parts around the combat design works get weird right so each class has three main weapons and then a fourth one that you like put together with pieces that you find along the way right and mm. all of those are balanced around different how do I put this they're not balanced around different use cases that are situational in the way that Doom's guns and stuff are it's more just they're slowly increasing enemy count and um, the types of enemies that you encounter in one area as the game progresses I mean that's classic video game design but each class in this game is limited in terms of what weapons that they have and when they have them um, so you'll start off with your base weapon and then you'll find a another one uh, in that first hub area pretty quickly or maybe even before that um but it takes a while before you really start putting everything together and feel like you have i don't know I, i've never felt in this game with any class that i've had like an arsenal or whatever the way that you get to in doom and that's not to ding Big it for not time. being doom it's allowed to be a different game that's okay um but i feel like it just never really leads to interesting combat encounters i feel like no. um None of the weapons actually feel super appropriate or ideal for any given situation, I feel like, in this game. Mm -hmm. um, they feel like tools, but in the sense that it's like hammers and screwdrivers, not like saws and drills, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, like I can sort of sit here and twist the screwdriver into a two by four forever, and eventually I might get a hole in there. But yeah, like they're, they're all different. <laughs> like they all have little different angles to them they're all different tools but they i don't feel like i'm building out a toolbox as much as i am maybe yeah. having a, a mallet and a hammer a right claw back hammer and like a ball peen hammer <laughs> the what is it the the wraith scourge or whatever the cleric where it's just like this this now just is my everything tool because it is so much more effective than using mana from other weapons it's just like the final cleric weapon is just ah press a button everything around you dies for a while and it ends up being the most <laughs> like ammo efficient thing to do in wow. a lot of situations is to use their bfg equivalent and i'm like that's maybe not i don't know i feel like this i don't want to and... say this could have had more time in the oven or whatever because like this is still two years after the original game release by the time it was getting ported in 64 um, it's just a very yeah. strange scenario all around. That is interesting, like, thinking about this. And well, I think we mentioned Doom 64 that it's like 
these are these games are sort of like what are you know becoming the last era you know with like quake right around yeah. that er- area so it's kind of interesting thinking about it in that concept but in terms of what you said with the weapons like i never felt like like in doom i do feel like everything i understand like when i want to use it and why and it still has a limitation of like okay i I ran out of ammo for this or whatever and i'm not saying it has to be like doom but in this there's not it wasn't an interesting alternative like i never i just felt like well i have this one this is this one's stronger you know i mean oh i'm out of mana for that one i guess i'll i guess i'll use this one you know like whatever i i never felt like I felt like for me, and maybe I, I was missing something. I don't know how you felt, but I felt like a lot of the combat stuff we were in, it was just like, all right, now I'm just hacking away at all these. There's way too many of these guys. Oh, we're playing yeah. on easy, and, and I'm just and they like, keep respawning just, in the hubs. Yeah, yeah. it was worse. Yeah, they, they, it was worse they, than Turok. That's it's actually that would be the one thing. Like that one thing in gameplay that like really brought this down was like, okay, the enemies will keep respawning, but my health pickups and, and mana pickups mana. won't. That was something I read. People eventually. That's what I was saying when we were playing. The the pickups don't come back ever at all. Okay, I might have believed that. Or maybe they do if you save because there's like a state change. I don't know. No, because I I was maybe, but I did a whole lot of state changing when I fucked up some platforming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. That's I I don't have any kind of like nuance for all the platforming in this game it's just it's just quite bad yeah especially like that was that's like one you can kind of directly compare to even like doom 64 and that i feel like the platforming on that you know it's i don't know there's some there's some like pretty bs parts of it but it's it's pretty fun overall comparatively this game has a jump button which means they expect you to use it which is at, at the at the very least like save and loading in the N64, not slow. So you can you can try again. Yeah. And, and yeah. I was kind of terrified at first. I was like, please do not tell me if the N64 is gonna have a long load time. I just want to get this power up. And like it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty fucking snappy. Like so even if it is like cool, I'm gonna take nine attempts at this platforming, at least it doesn't feel like I'm wasting my time sitting there and saving and loading. Yeah, I don't even want to imagine what that's like on a PS1 or a Saturn. Where you oh, have to wait for that oh. disc to spin at 1x, whatever. And just, yeah. For us, we just had the press jump to respawn. So, like, yep. there was, like, uh, Andrew, you were probably <laughs> in the... Well, you both might have gotten to the to the fire part where you had to jump over oh, yeah. the fire. Uh, and it was just like, whatever. I'll just, keep, I'll just keep doing it. It takes me two seconds to hit jump and run back yeah, it there. It sticks you so right back there in the just, doorway again. So, whatever. We we heard so many times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you had a similar thing, right, with the mana, where like it, it was yeah, it seemed more like... vital for you. I was I don't know really the difference of usage. I played as the warrior, so I felt like no matter what, I was just smashing stuff, and I was like maybe is more underpowered, but it felt like as that, the yeah mage. my my one weapon that didn't use mana like after the first hub. Was, was like, basically useless. Yeah. Yeah. So when I ran out of mana, I was like, "Oh God." Yeah, cleric is the same way. That mace that you start out with is, I think, the like lowest overall damage output in the game. Mm-hmm. You do I think the, there, there do were the serpent, times the serpent wand, which you can heal when doing melee with. Which yeah, rips that rips. 
So my, my lack of power-ups kind of wasn't hurt as much by that. Or lack of healing oh. uh, healing pickups. There would be times where I'd like get fully uh, refilled on mana, and then I would die. There was one time that the, happened you know, and like, the ceiling squished you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. It was pretty it was rough. Just like, uh, and and those mana refills are gone now. <laughs> yeah, you actually, we beat a lot of bosses in that they'd kill us. We'd respawn. They give you a little bit of mana, so it's like, okay, we get two hits in on them, and then like die, respawn. It was ridiculous. Uh, and a lot of the bosses that we beat, like we didn't even realize we beat them. Like, uh-huh. like. St- like we maybe didn't see them die, oh. and then the screens would start like shaking, like earthquake mm-hmm. quake would happen. We're like, I think we won, but like, where'd the boss go? Or like, oh, we we killed them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that was like flying, flying around, around, and it was hard to see. That was that was annoying. You're apparently supposed to use those like wings to fly to it, which yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. we probably we barely... died with like right away. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't mess around with the items too much, mainly because the N64 interface to getting to those items was wacky. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, figure out how it. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 like, I would just uh, use them all like right away because I was like, whatever, use it or lose it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I just stuck to the, like the poison flask, and like for the most part, that did the trick on a lot of combat encounters. But I know that there's a lot more items. I, I also just wasn't. I, that's the thing is also like. Do I want to test this knowing full well that I could just fucking kill myself with it? There was the porkalator, which was pretty sick. Ah, yes. <laughs> porkalator. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was like the vibes were cool. Uh the lore was kind of fun reading about the the Hexen and Heretic lore, the Serpent Riders, le- reading a bunch of elf names and whatever mm-hmm. from the last game. I was like, yeah, these are cool names. Cor- you know, your Coraxes and and such mm. so that was kind of fun i don't really you know it the lore is yeah it's whatever obviously but it was kind of cool we got to like the final level and it's like you have to fight your uh mm. ancestors or whatever um that was kind of cool like it's just literally your character model again but it was like i don't know from <laughs> it, you're going into their tombs and fighting them. it was confusing like when we, we were know. killing each other all yeah. the time. On co-op, I bet, yeah. <laughs> like, which one's you? Oh, wow, yeah. Count for yeah it's, well. No, it, not at all. I, I I was even feeling that when we were playing co-op in just regular Doom, where I'm like, this changes so many combat encounters, because you block each other, like, you can't move past each other, you shoot oh, yeah. each other. So I'm like, we, we were even just playing some Doom last night co-op, and it was like, I was like, this kind of sucks, <laughs> but it was fun. It was still fun, but it was not like, quote unquote, good. <laughs> I felt like, you know, I mean, it's probably mind blowing, obviously. Uh, I I uh, respect that. But yeah, it, it doesn't have that same. Um, it doesn't have that same like excitement of Doom because you don't have as freedom of movement and stuff like that. Um, but in a fantasy setting like this, it at least in a game where I especially where I'm I'm just like hacking away at stuff. uh where like the combat already didn't feel as like uh tight to me it worked better here because it just yeah. felt like yeah we're wow we're on an adventure like it felt like we were playing an rpg even though there's not really stats you know so yeah like that's the best that's the- that's when the game works the best is when like you can kind of squint just enough and be like cool like the vibe is here the the kind of wavy dungeon design is here the spells and the creatures are here and it plays well enough like when everything just kind of syncs up tight enough then hexen 
honestly was a lot of fun. And then like you throw a switch and like all the vibes are gone. <laughs> then you're like, put your thinking caps on. Yeah. Andrew, you got anything else you wanted to get out there? I I mean I love Hexen. I love I love Hexen probably more than it deserves if I'm trying to be, you know, <laughs> a little fair. bit more realistic about it. But again, I think I'm just a sucker for the vibes um of just like that super goofy like airbrushed on the side of a van kind of old uh, shitty wizards old exactly. shitty wizards. yes i want old shitty wizards fighting skeletons and dudes with swords i it's pretty what, awesome what else do you regard, need yeah. um and i like that there is at least a a version of something doom adjacent that is you know much more in that van well i say a version as if they're not a bunch of these but you know <laughs> what i mean um yeah. i i really i love the way that uh, Hexen is broken up into these uh, series of kind of intertwined hub worlds and the design of the hub areas feels almost like a hardware concession mm -hmm. uh, but it also feels a little bit like a bunch of mini Mario 64 strung together um, they just never go quite as creative and weird with it as a game like that would be um, which I think makes sense I feel like this is a very specific kind of aesthetic that limits your um ability to get too goofy with the art and i think the engine probably limits a little bit of you know what kind of adventures you can have in these areas mm -hmm. um and you know the the ways in which you are going to be able to interact with things which is to hit them with something or blast <laughs> them with a magic gun um <laughs> so it's definitely still limited in that sense and i think that's fine uh, i think that focus serves it well but um yeah I, I i love the idea of stringing together these increasingly elaborate um like resident evil puzzle box areas oh yeah um the difference is that because you're not like in a zelda game they would give you a new item that gives you a new like thing you can do and then you use that item in the dungeon Mm -hmm. and maybe in a couple areas on the open world or whatever, right? And a Metroid game would basically do the same thing, but also it would impact your ability to handle, like, a traversal and all that. And Hexen is a game that is still very, very concerned with your ability to... Um, and not ability, like, testing your, you know... Um, skill level or whatever but like it is very concerned with putting you in a place and letting you walk around in that place and just absorb it and study it um maybe too much um yeah. to the degree that it's uh asking you to find things that you sh i don't think are realistic expectations to put on people necessarily in terms of just like you flip a switch and i don't know something happened somewhere go back and spend the next you know several hours checking all these different areas until um you're you, know, you accidentally run into like a wall that is now openable that was not open before but like it doesn't you know has no other visual yeah change on there other than just like it's a i can't I, sorry my brain keeps running ahead of my mouth hexen does a lot of things that doom would do to hide secrets but it hides core progression <laughs> yeah them, yes is i guess the way to yes. actually boil that down and that's where i think it tends to break for most people between that and the fact that like combat gets weird because different classes are suited better to fighting different types of enemies in different areas right like in uh even just in the early spots of seven portals um as a cleric with the uh serpent staff it's like well 
I, I can't really use this for most of this area because a lot of the enemies in here are the centaur dudes with the uh, reflective shields oh, and the shield. yeah. um, you know, magic projectile stuff bounces off of that and then comes back and hits you. Um, so I was just stuck swinging a stick at dudes <laughs> forever. And, and I felt like I was playing an MMO and I wanted to die. Than the base enemy. So you have to use a weaker. Yeah, so you're yeah. just doing it there forever. And you can kind of like, you can't quite stun lock them by just holding the button down, but you can at least lock them up to the point where like, by the time they get enough frames of animation where it's obvious they're going to attack you, you should have enough time and space to get out of the way. Hopefully, maybe. Hmm. Um, but I don't think it's particularly... Uh, refined or polished on those fronts um and again i think that's fine for what the game is and the tech that it's built on and the time that it came out etc 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 but like those are not things that i necessarily hold against it but if you're going to revisit it now for reasons that are not academic in nature just bring bring a guide and expect there to be some moments of weird frustration that are not just because it's an old video game but because it's an awkward one i guess and i think a lot of the charm is tied up in that but um it is just kind of unnecessarily cruel i guess <laughs> but not in the ways that we normally talk about games being unnecessarily cruel. I, what am yeah. i saying someone yeah. else I like, bail I like, me out of this uh, sinking okay. ship i made i got you i got you on this one andrew uh it is an <laughs> old game but it's an old game that's currently going through an awkward puberty phase, and there's something endearing about that, but no one really wants to be around a person going through puberty. <laughs> you have played this game too long, mortal. I think I shall remove you from the board. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and doing this. This is a great episode. Um, I was so excited because, um, you know, having both of you back and you bringing very specific uh information it also was cool because it's like we've had two two returning guests who've been on other episodes that were great and it was like it's like when you're watching that show and it's like oh i wonder what happens if those two characters ever meet on the, well on the <laughs> show you know what i mean it was like what happens when you get them both on the pod and what you get is the awesome handoff that you just did a minute ago <laughs> <laughs> we got this the, char the charisma and the chemistry is going over here at the the flashback 64 extended gooniverse <laughs> wait i don't like calling it a gooniverse <laughs> i said that knowing I was, I was like this I was, I was like this is a great setup joke and then like the u into goo was derailed by the fact that there's an n in universe i had to trip over <laughs> then you just start thinking what am i saying i'm saying yeah. gooniverse yeah oh no yeah <laughs> i don't endorse well you know this what time, this, time, this time i got handed up to andrew bail me out of the ticket <laughs> <laughs> i'm gone man <laughs> andrew's left, andrew's left the call up <laughs> captain's going down with the dinghy on this one <laughs> you can you can save him by uh plugging plugging your stuff plugs 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 uh give me a job please thank you <laughs> please hire andrew andrew is yeah. a, is a very talented uh multi-talented guy wow thank you uh agree to disagree <laughs> oh well, you know you, right. don't, you don't have to, you don't have to you know <laughs> well you know you gotta sell yourself um yeah come on man no but yeah yeah, yeah where's yeah. your stuff 
Where's your... I don't know, man. Oh, we I'm, got... I'm on that. We got your um uh we we'll, we got your por- portfolio in the description. I'm, your, I'm, not, I'm about to plug Andrew for himself over here. Yeah. Oh, Residence on YouTube. Come on, oh, put out a video only oh, a month my ago. Gosh. Yes, some was wonderful stuff. It was, a, it was a month plus or so. YouTube doesn't feel like it was hundred years. It, it always does, but YouTube doesn't yeah. handle time very well when it just says like I've seen like best games of twenty. 21 and like youtube's like a year ago i'm like that's bullshit <laughs> how do you yeah we did we did mention in the last episode I'll, I'll mention again the the resident evil video on your channel oh, I, I, I love i mean all the videos were great but that one i was i really love that one thanks uh, <laughs> jay how about you what's going on all right well over at idolism jay on youtube uh by the time this comes out uh goo this comes out like beginning of january, january right? f- it's gonna be oh happy, happy new year, year! <laughs> i didn't even think about that yeah if this comes out january 1st then my year-end wrap-up video for my youtube channel will also be coming out january 1st uh gaming in the 2023 year um it's gonna be really fucking long it's this is breaking an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes when it's all said and done. Uh, and you can expect such goodness as I will teach you how to play Mahjong. I will explain some really wicked indie games I played this year. And I will take the original VN disaster piece Tsukihime to court for maybe 25 minutes. Oh my gosh. That's quite a variety. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the day that comes out, that's I, I'll I guarantee that's gonna help me get through that day. I guarantee it. <laughs> Many of your you're videos. Gonna walk, have... You're gonna walk away from that video and you're gonna be like, man, this Tsukihime game sounds like shit. Why is Japan <laughs> looking so much? And I'm gonna be like, damn, great. This I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on my hater tip right now. I'm gonna find myself having like inexplainable strong feelings about a game I'll probably never. You, know. you should never play it. Yeah. That's what YouTube is for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm true. Give you the opinions you don't know that you need to have. <laughs> that's yeah. That's good. I'm glad YouTube can uh, get someone else to have your opinions. Um, uh, was that was that all you want to plug? You're on. Yeah, that's all. Uh, YouTube uh, idolism J on YouTube I D O I S M J. Sweet. Well, McKenna, you have a you have kind of a spe- like a very game. I have a very specific, specific plug. plug. I just played Wizardum, which is a uh, retro style FPS inspired by specifically Heretic and Hexen. Uh, yeah. yeah, I kind of got like a let's play style video of that up on my YouTube channel right now. Harvest Gamer McLiz. Who um I forgot who put that game that game out. Do we talk the, about this? Um, publisher is Apogee. The, the publisher is Apogee, which is it's not well. Whoa. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, but it's app it's um, an Apogee the, game. Idea. The dev is Ember Heart. Yeah, Ember Heart Games. Ember Heart Games. Yeah, I played I played a like the first level. It was it was very cute. Is is a lot more cute than this game you know but uh, there it was very charming i thought i thought it was very fun uh it felt a little that bit more not like spelled how i thought that would be spelled Wh- wizard yeah um... not like wizard <laughs> magic wizard um yeah 
But yeah, it's in on... early access early right access. now. Okay. Yeah, so that's over on you. You did uh, that over on your YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. check that out, Harvest Gamer. Um, you can you know you can find us. We're all over on social media. Flashback sixty four. Go look it up. We plugged it enough. Uh, we got the Blue Sky Twitter. We're on Patreon. We have a Etsy store with some merch. Uh, we still got to get. We don't have buttons on. That'll be cool. Um, oh, we're also on. We're also on this new app. Uh, well, I don't know how new it is. Um, but uh, we just got. We are new to this app, the uh, Terra Player, which is a pretty neat. It's a pretty neat app that has like a bunch of um, video game music radio stations on it, um, but it also hosts some other uh, video game podcasts. Uh, some that we know. Uh, it's pretty. It's it's pretty cool. It's just. Um, I, they reached out to me. It's like one guy, I think, basically coded it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, otherwise, yeah, we got to thank we got to thank Corey and Nico for our mm-hmm. music and artwork, of course. Um, we got Discord. Jump down. Link in the description. By the time this comes out, we'll have already done it. But we, we do game nights in our Discord at the end of every month. And we're going to play some Star Fox 64 multiplayer uh, we will have already by the time this comes out. I've never actually played that multiplayer, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it because our next episode is on Star Fox 64. So oh. if, if you were there, you may have contributed somewhat to our research as well as, you know, <laughs> just been our friend and hung out, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we're using our friends as like guinea pigs here. <laughs> There's a bunch of people who are like, man, I hope I fall into the friend category, not the research <laughs> category. Yeah, we have a we have a list. Yeah, a little where column, a little column B. Two columns that were kind of sl- no, no, no. <laughs> uh, they're very all all our game nights are. It's it's very like they're very they're very small, but we get a nice probably probably like uh enough to get two multiplayer games going at once. You know, we usually get anywhere from six to eight of our buddies and um. It's a lot of fun. I don't know if anyone ever wants to come hang out. Uh, just join our Discord. It's 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 cute. <laughs> yeah. um, other than that, yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening, and yeah, we'll happy New Year, and we'll talk to you next month when we discuss Star Fox sixty four. Good luck. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck.